Good morning. It's awesome to hear new songs being written and uh, being introduced to the church because, you know, Psalm says to sing to the Lord a new song. And I think that's a real uh, testimony of God at work. And it's really cool to hear that, you know, to be introduced to that and to sing a new song about who God is and his salvation to us. Uh, so we have been in this series called Develop. And if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Hebrews chapter 10. We're going to be in there this morning. But the series Develop, we've been looking at how we need to put ourselves in a place of development and a place of developing others. And we looked at how we do that in FAC and at FAC here in our children and youth ministries. We looked at men and women and seniors. And now today we're going to look at all adults, including even young adults as well. How do we develop adults here at FAC and young adults? Well, the core way we do that is in community. We do that through our small groups that we have here at FAC. You see, I had to learn that that was so important to develop, to, to look like Jesus and to develop as a Christian. I needed community. I learned this at uh, 21 years old. Um, I've been taught this. I grew up in the Christian church. I grew up knowing who God is, the gospel, but it didn't really hit me until 21. I was graduating from University of Delaware as a senior, and um, I was getting into things that I shouldn't be getting into. I was hanging around people and being influenced by people and getting into trouble um, and doing things that I knew that I should not be doing. Um, and as this was happening— even though I knew who God was, and I knew the gospel, I knew what I should be doing, God felt distant. I was almost to the point of even just losing hope. Even though I knew this truth about who God is. And I didn't want to get to that place, which I would call stunted development. I wasn't growing as a Christian. I was going the opposite way, if anything. And I don't want to get to that place of stunted development. I don't think any of us would want to be in that place of not growing. You know, I didn't want to be in that place of doubting God's goodness or his love for me or even the hope that I have in a Christian. I don't want to be in that place. I mean, none of us would want to be there. But the reason I was in that place, I started to learn and started to see, was because I didn't have community. I didn't have other believers encouraging me to look to Jesus and to develop to look more like Jesus. I didn't have that. I didn't have a community that I was walking alongside in following Jesus and them encouraging me to develop to look more like Jesus. So before I even talk about even the importance of community, do you realize that that's what God wants of you? If you are a follower of Jesus, that he wants you to look more and more like him, who loves God, who loves one another, loves the least and the lost. That's who Jesus, that's what Jesus did when you see his ministry in the Gospels. That's Jesus' desire for you. That's God's desire for you, is to grow and to develop into looking more like Jesus. It's okay not to be okay to come to Jesus, but he doesn't want you to stay that way. He wants you to develop, to look more like Jesus, because Jesus is God in the flesh, and Jesus shows to you and I what humanity should look like, what we should become and look like, because we were created in the image of God. 
Man was created in the image of God. You see that in Genesis 1. We were made to reflect God and reflect his loving rule as we take care of this earth and the people that we interact with. We were made to reflect his very character and the way that he loves and the way that he guides and the way that he rules. But we don't do that, do we? We don't do that. We see, you know, the tragedies out in Florida. We just see it even in our own life. We see it in our families. We don't really reflect God in that way. We make a mess of things because Genesis 3 teaches us that we all decided to want to go our own way. All decided to, could I use the word develop, say, I will develop my own way, God. I will develop what I think is right and wrong. I will develop my own life. And we just make a mess of things. Well, Jesus comes. God has a plan that he sets into motion even at Genesis 3 when the fall happens. And Jesus comes to restore that in you and I through his death and his resurrection so that you and I can begin to look more like as we were created to be, to looking more like Jesus, loving God, loving one another, loving the least and the lost. You know, that is what we are destined to ultimately become when Jesus returns and we have the new heavens and new earth. That's our destination. So in adult ministries, our team that works together, that's our dream and our desire for you as adults here at FAC. We don't want to be any different than what Scripture says and what God's desire is for you. That's our desire as well. For you to have that heart, to have that becoming more like Jesus that loves God with all their heart, all their soul, all their might, and loving one another. And loving the least and the lost in this world. Because when that starts to happen, we start to develop looking more like Jesus in that way. It starts to have a profound impact and influence on the relationships in your home, in your workplace, in your neighborhood, and beyond. When we start to develop to look more like that, that's even God's plan for the world. To use this church in that way as we develop looking more like Jesus. But how does this happen? How do we develop in this way? Does it just happen by sitting on the couch? You know, no. We have to partner with God. Has God given his his Holy Spirit to us? We have to partner with him, get to work. Does it mean taking a four-week course? No, nothing against four-week courses. They're good. They're healthy to take. They kickstart, you know, learning where you need to develop. Is it by reading a book? No, Reading a book is good. That's awesome. Nothing against that either. It's actually by putting yourself in a place of development because it's a lifetime journey. It's not going to be in four weeks. It's not going to be in six weeks. It's a lifetime journey in developing to look more like Jesus. And putting yourself in that place is the church. Jesus has lovingly provided for you, saving you to himself, but also saving you to one another in community. And the place where he has and he wants you to be to develop to look more like Jesus is in the church community. So we have developed this uh, diagram here as adult ministry team looking at where do you fit in? Where do you go? Well, we certainly want you to explore. If you're new here, explore what we have going on, all the different ministries. But then we want you to move into engaging in this church body, being relationally fully engaged, eventually into investing and discipling others. We want you, though, to be in that sweet spot. Engage. 
which we like to call being relationally fully engaged in the life of the church. Because we don't mean just attendance. We don't just mean sitting here on a weekend service. That's just not enough. You're not going to develop. You need to be relationally fully engaged. What do we mean by that? As a team, we've talked about what, is, what does that look like as a church body? And what do we want to see in adults? Well, our dream is also for you to be engaged in this way. Connecting in a small group, reading the Bible on your own personal time and with others, serving on a ministry team because that starts to change you, but also it has an impact on others. Giving because we're all part of this together to give towards the mission that God has put on us and placed in our hearts here and to inviting others because we create these opportunities for you to be introduce others to the community of God. And that is a powerful, powerful witness when they see people loving one another. As Jesus said, they will know you're my disciples by your love for one another. When we are all fully engaged in that way, I'm telling you, the church is unstoppable. It's unstoppable. And you put yourself in that place of connecting, of giving, of serving, of reading, of inviting. And you put yourself in that place, and God just starts to work through that. And so that's our dream and our desire for you. And we're working hard and wanting to help encourage you in that. Now, I, had, I've, I wish I had all the time in the world, the whole evening, or the whole uh, afternoon. It's raining. We could all just stay here forever, right? No. But I would love to talk about each of those. I can't. I want to talk about one of them, which I think is actually really important, which ties a lot of it together, is connecting in community. You see, to grow spiritually, it's so important that you connect relationally with the church. You connect in community. But I don't think it's that hard for you to realize that you need others. Like, you need community to grow. I think you realize that. I think that's pretty apparent to you. You need other people, and other people need you to grow as a follower of Jesus. I want to bring to you, though, the question of what type of community do you need? What type of community does the Bible encourage us to have? Because you may say, I got friends, I got community. You can justify it that way, maybe. Or you may even be in a small group. But are you doing the type of community that Jesus wants us to be doing? Do we have that type of community? So the big idea here, if you get anything, is for you to realize to look more like Jesus— you need a Jesus-centered community. Now, that sounds very Christianese. I understand. Jesus-centered. What, is I, what do I mean by that? Is a community that intentionally and deliberately and engages in habits of encouraging you to look to Jesus and to develop to looking more like Jesus, of loving God, loving one another, and loving the least and lost. A Jesus-centered community. That's what I'm talking about when I say a Jesus-centered community. So we're going to look at Hebrews 10. And what I want you to do as we go through this, looking at what does a Jesus-centered community look like as the author of Hebrews writes here, ask yourself, do I have this type of community? I may be in a small group. I may not be. Do I have this type of community that God has provided for me. So let's look at Hebrews chapter 10. You can follow along with me in verse 19. I'm going to start. And just notice all the plural pronouns. You know, this says we, are, us. He's encouraging a community, a people 
to do this together. So follow along. Verse 19. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So, in that last phrase there, as he says, as you see the day drawing near, that day being Jesus returning, until that time when he returns, restores a new heaven, new earth, what are we to be doing? He says, not neglecting to meet together. Meet together and encourage one another. Until that day comes, meet together and encourage one another. How? What do we do? What do we encourage each other with? Well, notice all the preceding verses that say, let us. There's three of them there that I want to point out. What a Jesus-centered community looks like. Because to look more like him, we need that type of community. And the first thing that you see there is a community that encourages you to draw near to God. A Jesus-centered community is a community that encourages you to draw near to God. Look what it says in verse 22. It says, Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us draw near with a true heart. You see, there's a lot of Old Testament language being used here of the temple, of the priest, of sacrifice. And the whole point that the writer of Hebrews is trying to make here is to say that Jesus is superior to all those things. And fulfills all those things. Jesus is the temple where you meet with God. Jesus is the sacrificial lamb that dies in your place for your sins. Completely. Past, present, and future. And Jesus is the great high priest. He's not, he's the one that you go to to meet with God. You don't have to go through anyone else. And so he's saying, then let us draw near to God. Let us do that together with that truth that you and I encourage each other with. That God's attitude towards you is one of love. Is one of love towards you. And his action towards you is one of involvement. That he is involved in the nitty-gritty of your life. You can draw near to God. Because you see what happens when we don't have a community that encourages us to draw near to God? You know what we end up doing? We draw away. We fade away. Just like I shared with you that story when I was 21. I didn't want to be in that place of away from God, drawing away, because I didn't have community to help me draw near to God when life was difficult, even when life is fine through the regular habits of maybe reading Scripture and being in prayer. I didn't have community to do that. That was when I was 21. And that's why I love what is going on with our young adults here. I don't know if you know, what we have is a ministry for young adults called Venture. They meet on Tuesday nights. They meet on Tuesday nights, and they also meet monthly for a time of worship together called Endeavor, once a month. And they are helping each other to draw near to God. 
at, at that age, of tw- in their 20s, 18, 19, 21, 22, 23, 24, whatever it may be, young adults doing this together. That's awesome to see. And I have also heard, I was talking to one yesterday, uh, one of the young adults, how they have even gotten together and have organized getting together um, throughout the week with others as a group to read and to uh, get into Scripture and in prayer, helping each other and encouraging each other to draw near to God. Isn't that awesome to see our young adults doing that? I mean, give them a praise. I mean, if they're here, applaud them. Because that's awesome to see. Don't we want to see that generation doing that? And they are doing that. And we should support them and encourage them. Because it's so important, not just at that age, but any age for that matter, that you are drawing near to God in a Jesus-centered community. Which is why also we have small groups. We keep them small. Because in a large group like this, it's very, very easy to hide. It's very easy to hide. It's very easy just to slip in, slip out. And no one knows what's going on in your life. No one's close to you to be able to point that out. Or even when you're hurting and you're not in a small group, you're hurting. Don't you want someone to know and recognize and be there and be able to care and help you through this and help you draw near to God? Yeah, we do. We don't function without relationships as human beings. You and I need a Jesus-centered community that helps us draw near to God in the dark times, but also when times are going fine, just through the regular habits of meeting together and reading Scripture and praying, helping each other draw near to God. Do you have this type of Jesus-centered community helping you to develop to look more like Jesus by encouraging you to draw near to God? Do you? Well, there's another thing that we're encouraged about what this type of community should look like is a community that encourages you to hold on to hope. Look at verse 23. It says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. A Jesus-centered community that helps you develop to look more like Jesus is one that will encourage you to hold on to the hope that is found in Jesus. The confession of our hope. What is our hope? That one day evil will be gone. Yes, evil will be gone. Things will be changed. All may do will be with Jesus. But we also have a hope in the present time right now too. That change is possible. Jesus can change you to look more and more like him until that one day when you are ultimately looking like that. Jesus has you on that trajectory to look more like him. But the Christian life's hard, right? It's hard. It's difficult. There's struggles. And it's very easy to lose hope and forget that he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. That God is faithful. That he doesn't give up on you. Because it's so easy to get in the mentality of like, I've sinned this sin again. Or my spouse, who I really would love if they would change, but they can't. It just seems hopeless. But you need other people to help you, encourage you, and tell you, no, don't lose hope. God can do amazing things. God has done amazing things. Look to the past. Look to what Jesus promises you to do. He who promised is faithful. Don't give up. 
You know, this was so important when my wife and I, when we got married. You know, we, we met each other in the young adult ministry here at FAC. And then immediately after we got married, immediately when we got married, we got into a mini church, into a small group. And it was the best thing for my marriage. Best thing for our marriage. You know, because I thought I, ha- I had it all together. I knew how to be a husband, how to be even father. I thought I knew it all, read enough books. But I still had a lot to learn. You know, I could share with you one embarrassing story. I remember my wife wanted us to, um, to pray together and pray at night together. And so I said, all right, that's a pretty good idea. Yeah, I wish I came up with that idea. I didn't really do it, lead in that way. So let's, let's pray. Okay, let's do that. And we're laying down, you know, and she's praying around the bed and she's laying down and I'm laying down. And she's praying and starts getting, her voice starts fading and fading and fading until I feel an elbow in my ribs, and I'm like, in Jesus' name, amen. I, all right, I, I'm up, I'm up, I'm awake, I got it. Guys, don't do that. Don't, I recommend don't sleep, or don't lay down while you're praying, you'll fall asleep. But that was discouraging in those type of moments. Like, I, I'm just like, man, really? I should be leading my wife. Why am I falling asleep during prayer? Like, what's wrong with me? And then you throw into parenting. And you really want to help your child, and, and you just fail at it. I mean, parenting's hard, right? I got three teenage girls. I love them. But they're three teenage girls, and that's hard. <laughs> that's hard. And it's my fault most of the time. Like, I need help. I need other people to help me hold on to hope. You need that as well. And a Jesus-centered community helps us hold on to hope. You know, can I just point out another ministry, too, that I love that we have going on here? Because it's for those that are like 25 to 39. Because in my 20s, it was so important when I was just newly married to not only be in a mini church, but also connecting with others of my age group as well. And we have a, a ministry called The Avenue, and they're a team that organizes four times out of the year in a social event just to draw people of that age group that are newly married or married just with new kids, or maybe they're not married at all, maybe they're single, and maybe they're in that whatever season of life it may be in that young 25 to 39 years of age. And they're just trying to get them together, connect with each other, and then so they can get into the life of the church and be full, relationally fully engaged, getting into a small group, getting into a men's group, getting into a women's group. I love that they're trying to do that. They're trying to say, let's be intentional about this. Let's get people more involved and connected. Because at that age, of tw- in your 20s and 30s, it's so important. And can I just say, guys, I want to speak to you guys. The best thing you could do for your marriage, the best thing you could do for your family is getting into a mini church. Get into a small group because you need other guys to help you and hold on, to help you hold on to hope. I had the opportunity to lead one of the sessions at the men's conference this weekend and it was I was so encouraged by the openness of a lot of the fathers because we were talking about fatherhood and its challenges and I'm up there and I'm like I don't know everything. I'm certainly not I don't I'm not qualified here to talk about this, but we started talking about what challenges you face as a father and so many of them opened up. And I was just struck by Guys, that's, that's why we need community. That's why we need to be in a small group. Do you have this type of Jesus-centered community helping you develop to look more like Jesus by encouraging you to hold on to hope? There's another thing as well. 
We need a community that encourages us, you, to love others. This is the other point that the writer makes in verse 24. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. A Jesus-centered community encourages us to love, to love others. Because isn't that what we are to become? That's God's desire for us, to look more like Jesus that loves God, loves one another, loves the least and the lost. We should encourage each other in that development, in that direction. Whether it's in your marriage, whether it's in your family, whether it's with your neighbor, whether it's with a coworker, whether it's with your boss, whether it's with your friends. Isn't that what we're encouraging people to do? To look more like Jesus and bring Jesus and that type of love to that relationship and to that situation. And so we need people to encourage us and challenge us how to love. Because love doesn't grow outside of relationships. Love does not start to grow in you from reading a book. Again, books are good. But you're not going to develop what that love looks like. Love is like a muscle. A muscle needs to be what? Stretched and challenged, broken down when you're lifting weights so that it can grow even fuller and stronger. And same with love. Love is like a muscle. It needs to be challenged. It needs to be stretched. And that's why you have other people in your life that are not always like you because it challenges you to love. I mean, guys, I'll speak to you. Being married, right? You get into a marriage. You thought you knew what love looks like. Nope. That first year of marriage is like boot camp. And you're challenged and you're stretched on what it means to love. But when you get into a community and you have people around you, they're going to encourage you to love and you're going to be encouraged of how to love. Do you have this Jesus-centered community that helps you develop to look more like Jesus by encouraging you to love? Because this Jesus-centered type of community that you see here in Hebrews 10 is our desire of the flavor that we want to see occur in our small groups here at FAC. I say flavor because it's something that we want you to experience and taste when you're in a small group. We want you to experience this type of Jesus-centered community because our mission here at FAC is to help you connect to God, God's people, and God's work. How are we doing this as an adult ministry team? Is by creating small groups, Jesus-centered small groups like we see here in Hebrews 10, led by intentional leaders that encourage people to grow spiritually, to connect relationally, and to serve missionally. And we have an amazing group of leaders and volunteers that helping people to do this, to grow, to connect, to serve. These are leaders that sacrifice their time. And and I'm so proud of them and what they do. In fact, I'm going to embarrass you right now. If you lead a men's group, a women's group, or a mini church, or whatever other type of small group, can you please stand right now? Can you just stand? Don't be embarrassed. Don't be shy. Please stand. Please stand. I'm seeing you. Okay. Now, can you just applaud them and thank them? Yes. Thank you guys for what you're doing. Because you're on the front lines. I wish I could thank you by giving you like, you know, a Lexus or Mercedes or whatever it is or Apple iPhone. I wish I could. But I don't, I have a pastor's salary, so I can't do that. Um, And I don't, even if I had a good salary, I still don't think I could do that. But I want to stress to you and help you realize and see, I'm so thankful for you guys. 
I know on staff here, we're thankful for you guys. You're volunteering your time. You're working. You have families. And you're part of this mission. You're saying, yes, I realize that people have to develop to look more like Jesus. And that happens in community. And you're, you're willing to say, I want to jump in and be a part of that mission. Thank you guys for what you're doing. You're doing an awesome job. Anytime I can brag on you guys, I am there to do it. And I love meeting with you one-on-one when I get to and, and being able just to tell you guys I'm thankful for what you're doing and hearing the stories of what you're doing. So anytime I have to brag on leaders, I will. And so I'm going to invite Kyle and Courtney Gager to come out. They are many church leaders also. And they are actually on our many church leadership team now. They just uh, came on board with that team. And instead of me just sharing with you what groups are like, I want them to share with you a little bit of what they've been doing in their groups that really exemplifies... Uh, Encouraging people to grow spiritually, to connect relationally, and to serve missionally. So thanks, guys, for being here. Um, Can you guys just tell us a little bit first, how are you intentionally just helping people to connect relationally? Yeah, thanks, Dave. From a uh, relational standpoint, I think for our group, it really starts with intentional prayer. Um, It's been really cool to see a group of 20 or so people get together, uh, pour into each other's lives, and um, help physically even pray over uh, each other during uh, those monumental life events that, that come about. Um, and even uh, outside of those monumental uh, life events, um, we've seen a lot of great uh, work being done just through uh, daily interactions uh, from week to week. So we try to establish uh, prayer teams, prayer partners to send encouraging text messages, phone calls, emails um, to, to just help each other out. And then um, we've really seen that that prayer forms a nice foundation for uh, a building block for fellowship. Yeah. yeah. Our, um, the people in our mini church, we have developed a genuine love for one another. Um, we try to spend time together outside of our regular meetings, um, doing fun things together and making memories together. And this really helps to build um, relationships that are based on authenticity. Um, the Bible talks about the importance of walking in the light, um, not, str- or not hiding what we're struggling with, but bringing it out in the open. And um, that's a really countercultural thing. We live in a world where we're encouraged to say, I'm fine and everything's okay. Um, but sometimes authenticity means being able to reach out when you're not fine, uh, when you're struggling, when you're hurting, when you're going through a trial. So we really celebrate um, that kind of authenticity because that's when we can point each other to God's truth and come alongside one another in those times, and that's when lives change. Awesome. Now, I also know, just because they've done this, this is the third time they've done this, but also from personally speaking with them, that uh, you guys have taken steps of just serving missionally together as a group. And can you just share with everyone how you guys have done that? Yeah, yeah so... Um well, Jesus said the world would know we were his disciples by our love for one another. So our hope is when we love one another and then we go out and serve alongside one another in the world that um, people will be able to see that it looks different and that they'll be able to experience Jesus too. So one of the more unique opportunities we had was through Angel Tree um, and a couple Christmases ago on delivery day, we went out and delivered to our angel tree mom, and God orchestrated things in such a way that we became very close with her. Um, she became our friend, and short time after that, um, she was um, in a position where she had to move with her four daughters, um, and so our mini church actually came alongside her and helped her move, 
Um, there was nothing easy or convenient about this. Um, she moved on a Wednesday night in January, and it was very cold and dark, and it was an hour just to get to out to her house, but our mini church showed up. Um, they showed up, and they carried her furniture and packed her boxes, and they showed up with food for her pantry, um, and they just loved on her, and it, it was cool to see that extend out into the community. We had people um, outside of our group, even, um, in the church family. We had one member of the church family, Linda Satra truck to move with. Um, Another even came to help with the move. Friends outside of the church even um, donated. So it was really cool to see that happen. And we saw our group develop eyes to see needs um, and a willingness to go near hurting people. And that has led to even more opportunities um, for us to serve as a group and the church community to rally around people and show love. So it's been great. That's awesome. Yeah. And by connecting in these ways that you guys shared in serving, it certainly encourages the people in the group to grow. And I know you've seen that. Uh, Can you also share just some intentional ways, too, that you guys have encouraged people to grow spiritually? Absolutely. Uh, We definitely recognize there are plenty of opportunities for uh, social interaction and service. And those are two really important opportunities. aspects of uh, human inter- interaction. But uh, I think for uh, many churches, what really ties things together is, is Jesus and, and our personal growth. Um, so one of the things that we really tried to focus on in, in our mini church is to encourage each other to learn about their spiritual gifts and uh, put them in practice to, to serve God. Um, as you talked about earlier, uh, the Bible uh, tells us to uh, know who God is and who he's calling us to be. So um, we really feel like uh, the knowing spiritual gifts has has been critical for that. Mm. And we've also really tried to focus on celebrating personal Mm. growth uh, as as people go through various milestones in their walks with Jesus. And I think one of uh, our favorite memories of of, um, facilitating mini-church has really been um, last summer at the end of our study, Mm. we had a baptism service. So um, we had seven uh, group members baptized and from their friends and their family. It was a big celebration. And um, it was one of those times where we really got to experience true joy. And um, that experience alone would be enough for me to encourage everyone here uh, to get connected and really find out the transformational plans God has for your life. That's cool. Awesome, guys. Thanks for taking your time Thank to you. do that, to share. You know, they did a great job. Did you encourage them? And I wanted them to share, too, not just so you hear from my mouth, but from leaders that are actually doing this. And for you to hear a little bit, this is the type of Jesus-centered community we want to see in our small groups. And for you to ask the question, do you have this type of community? So if I could outline for you some next steps that you could take. Because I want you always to take, all right, what do I, how am I encouraged here about who Jesus is? what he's done, what he's given to me, he's given to the church community. Now, what's the next steps that I need to take? Well, maybe if you are in a small group, maybe you need to start committing to it. You need to commit. Maybe you've been a little flaky on your attendance. Well, I want to encourage you. Show up. Join in. Be real. We talk about this at GroupLink whenever we start new groups is the best thing you could do to put the most in and to get the most out is showing up, join in, be real. Show up. People need you there. You're not going to get anything out of it if you don't show up. Join in. Participate. There's people that can probably benefit by what you say. And be real. Just as Courtney shared, it's important for us to be authentic about our faith. We're all struggling through this together. We're all stumbling through this together. No one has to put on some type of face. That's Christian-y in some way. We're doing this together. 
Maybe that's what you need to do. If you're in a small group, you need to commit. Maybe you're not in a small group. You're not in a mini church. You're not in a men's group. I want to encourage you to come out to group link. We hold it September and February. We just had uh, the last group link in the early uh, part of February. So timing didn't really work out well with this sermon and, and getting you into a group. But it's okay if you, you're saying, okay, I'm going to commit. I'm going to come out in September. I'm going to get in a group because at Group Link, it's an event where you can meet leaders and you get to know them and see what uh, group works for you. But if you really want to get in a group, though, we also want to make that available through online, myfac.org slash findagroup. You'll be able to see open groups that we have, open mini churches, and they tell you the day of the week and where they meet. And if you could simply email them and they'll get back to you within 24 to 48 hours. So if you really want to get in a group, so you can go online as well. But I want to encourage you to think through and say, what step do I need to take? Do I need to take that step? If I'm not in community, I need to get into it. And then maybe for some of us here, you're in a small group. You've been poured into. Maybe you're not in one. You've been in one for a while. And maybe God is calling you to step up and lead a group. To lead a small group. Now, sometimes we have the stigma that a small group leader or a facilitator, they got to be like almost like, you know, one of the 12 of Jesus' disciples, you know, in order to lead a group. And we don't want to create a higher bar than Jesus does. Listen, you're doing this together. It's not hard to lead a group. You don't have to have all the knowledge. You don't have to have a seminary degree. You don't have to have all the—you're just saying, guys, let's get together. We're holding on to hope. We're going to be drawn near to God together. We're going to stir each other up to love and good works, and we're just going to do this together, guys. That's all it really takes, someone just being intentional to do that. And I want you to know, too, if you do step up in that way, we're trying our best to support you as small group leaders because we realize that's what makes these groups work so well. And so we want to invest in you and pour into you. And we have a whole even leader development plan that we want to develop you as leaders and support you. Maybe God's calling you to do that. I don't know. But I know talking to Pastor Marty, we're hoping that maybe five people, you know, five leaders will spring out of this, five groups from this weekend of you listening to God and God calling you to step up and lead a group. Why, though? Let me encourage you with this. Why? Why would you lead a group? Why would you get into a group? Why would you get into a Jesus-centered community? Why do that at all? Well, it certainly benefits you. It will certainly benefit you. But can I just draw you to something even larger than that? The world and the people in your life, the relationships in your life, depend upon you developing to look more like Jesus by getting into a community like that. It depends. Your kids, your spouse, those people depend upon you looking more like Jesus and loving God, loving one another, and loving the least and the lost. How many of you guys know maybe Edward Jenner? I don't know if you do. Probably not. I didn't know who he was. He, is a, he was a scientist and a physician in uh, England during the 1700s. And he was, during the time in England when smallpox was rampant, people were dying, families were affected. It was horrific. Lives torn apart. Smallpox was rampant. There's no cure, no vaccine for it. And he wanted to find a vaccine for it. And just so happens that he observed that milkmaids 
that were around cows who had a thing called cowpox were not getting smallpox. And so he started thinking, maybe because they were exposed to this cowpox that didn't do anything to them, was somehow a vaccine preventing them from getting smallpox. And so he thought, I should test this out. So somehow he convinced his gardener to do it on his son. I don't know how he did that, but he convinced the gardener's son to take cowpox disease and put it in him so that he wouldn't get smallpox. And now when the news heard about this and the people heard about this, they were livid. They thought this was ridiculous. You're going to give a cow disease to someone to cure smallpox. And so they had this image that they would put in newspapers where they just teased them and they made fun of them because they thought like cow appendages were going to grow out of people because you're giving them cowpox. They thought he was ridiculous, insane, crazy. But then they started to see it working. They started seeing people not getting smallpox. It started becoming convincing because it worked. Do you see where I'm going with this? When people start to see Jesus working in your life, where you are developing to look more like Jesus, Jesus becomes convincing to the people around you. You see, being in a Jesus-centered community helps you develop to look more like Jesus, and it not only brings Jesus to change your life, but it brings Jesus to change the lives of others around you. He becomes convincing. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. And just as I close, I don't know where you are, but I hope you're encouraged by the fact that Jesus gives you and I the church community to develop. It's a gift from him. You don't have to do this Christian life alone. And in the struggles and the trials and the tribulations, you can know that you can be connected to a people that are going to help you follow Jesus authentically. And maybe your next step as you thought about this is you need to commit to a small group. You're in one and you need to say, okay, I need to commit to it. I need to show up. I need to join in. Be real. Maybe for others, you're not in a group and you're saying, okay, God, I'm going to listen to you. I'm going to do what you provided, a loving gift from you of giving me community. And the way we're trying to do that here at FAC, because it's such a large church, is through our small groups. And you're going to say, okay, I'm going to get in the small group. And then maybe there's some of you here that's hearing God's call to step up, to be a part of that mission, helping others develop to look more like Jesus in a way that's authentic and real and just saying, hey guys, I want to do this. I'm just like you. We need to do this together. Just like even how you heard and I hope we're encouraged by some of the young adults just doing that on their own. It's not hard. God's just looking for a willing heart. God, thank you for giving your church. For giving the body of Christ. Lord, that you have not left us alone to develop. No, you've given your Holy Spirit and you have given your church one another to help us develop and looking more like Jesus because, Lord, the church is plan A to reach the world for Christ. And our development as men and women 
is so important in this mission that you have called each and every one of us to. Help us be a community of believers, a people that encourages each other to draw near to you, God, to hold on to hope when life is difficult, and to stir one another up to love and good works. Thank you for your church. Thank you for the body of Christ. In your beautiful name we pray. Amen.